like I don't know who needs to hear this. Well, I need to hear this, but you are not your grades. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you are not your grades. You're a human being and you're more than that. And Welcome to The Hyphenated Experience, a podcast that explores the experiences of college students with dual identities. Here we dive into the meaning of being a hyphenated American with a focus from the college student perspective and discuss the challenges that accompany them. My name is Bianca and I'm a sophomore in college. This episode is all about the pressure and struggles that college students with dual identities face. I'll also later be joined by Millicent, a sophomore public health science major who shared some of her own experiences with academic stress. Don't get me wrong, I completely understand that all students alike experience extreme amounts of pressure when it comes to academics, but the pressure exponentially increases when added to the stress of trying to succeed for your parents who have sacrificed so much for you to be able to pursue the education that they may not have been able to. I'm already surrounded by the pressure of trying to do well in comparison to my peers in weed out STEM courses that force students to compete against one another, but I'm also surrounded by other pre-med students who again are in constant unspoken competition with one another. But in addition to this, there's also the pressure that I feel to be the perfect immigrant daughter who somehow maintains a 4.0 GPA while balancing extracurriculars, who still manages to get eight hours of sleep each night. And to put it simply, it can be overwhelming at times. But for now, let's transition to the conversation that I had with Millicent earlier this week. So would you like to start by introducing yourself? Yeah, hi everyone. My name is Millicent and I'm a sophomore public health science major. Um, and I identify as Kenyan American because both of my parents immigrated from Kenya. Nice, okay. So uh, this episode is primarily about um, academic stress and you know all the pressure that we're under as students. And now I know that all students, you know, regardless of their major, all go through academic stress and definitely feel pressure, but how do you feel that the pressure is different for students who come from immigrant families? I would say that the pressure for students who come from immigrant families is a lot greater in a lot of instances um, for students because a lot of immigrant families for various reasons may not necessarily be able to give uh, their children the kind of academic assistance that they need, um, whereas their white counterparts or um, or anybody who's not an immigrant might be able to receive that sort of academic support from their family. Um, I think that some of the reasons that make it difficult for parents to provide that academic assistance might be like if the parent works multiple jobs or if the child uh, has a lot of responsibilities at home if they have like younger siblings and stuff. And I think that a lot of um, a lot of these struggles really start from a young age. So, like, if a parent is always working, they're not going to be able to give uh, their children the kind of academic assistance that they need at a young age. And I think that in a lot of cases, children can start to kind of think that they're on their own and they have to do everything by themselves. And so when that starts at a young age, it just continues on into adulthood. And when the child gets to college, they might have a little bit of a harder time kind of adjusting and also feeling comfortable asking for help from teachers, from TAs, from anybody who's there um, to provide students with assistance. And so it, ends, it just ends up hurting uh, the children of immigrants 
in the long run um, because it's really hard to kind of accept that it's okay to ask for help and it's normal to ask for help. And in the college environment, you'll actually find it very difficult to succeed if you don't ask for help. And so I think it's a lesson that's kind of difficult to learn um, because of the upbringing and the kind of situations that children of immigrants might be in. But it's a really um, it's a really important lesson to learn, especially once you get to college. I feel like there came a point within all of our um, upbringings and like all of our education where there came a point where our parents couldn't help us with our homework anymore. Just whatever grade that may have been, like maybe even as early as like elementary school and just not having those same resources like you mentioned at home. And I think like you had mentioned, that's like a really great point of how things start to feel very um, individual. You know, you start to really feel like you have to take on so much just all by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I also think that um, the kind of effect uh, that an immigrant child has also kind of depends on where they are like within their family. So like for older children, like for, um, personally, I'm the oldest child out of uh, four children. And so I felt my whole life that like I can't really ask for help because my parents have always had like three younger siblings or three younger kids to take care of. And so I, I never wanted to be like a nuisance or uh, feel like I was taking up the time of my parents. And so I just like uh, ended up not really asking for help, which kind of like makes it more difficult to learn how to ask for help um, later on. But... You bring up something that I hadn't considered just because I am um, the middle the third child of four. So I hadn't thought of what that experience is like and how it's shaped by your birth, like the birth order and like when you were born. So do you feel that maybe if you weren't the oldest, you would feel, or the pressure would be different? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think that it kind of depends. I, I, I think that having like an older sibling would make it easier kind of defining uh, the relationship that I have with my parents when it comes to asking for academic help. And so like if I were to have an older sibling who was comfortable asking and asked pretty frequently, then I would kind of take notes from seeing them interact with my parents and I'd be more willing to ask for help. Um, but uh, to that to that same note, I, I think that if my sibling didn't ask for help, then I'd probably do the same. So uh, I, I think it just depends on the kind of example that my sibling sets. But um, I think if my sibling were to be like really successful and academically driven, it would also um, put a lot of pressure on me to succeed academically. And so I, I would also I would already be kind of like creating that pressure for myself. But seeing my sibling succeed would make me want to also like, I guess, bring honor to my family's name, if, if you will. I definitely agree. I definitely feel that pressure when you see your older sibling succeeding and just wanting to, well, I guess in some ways to measure up to that and to, like you said, bring honor to your family's name, which mm-hmm. I want to I wanna kind of go deeper into that um, because I think that is where Um, If I had to put it into words where a lot of the pressure comes from as immigrant children to not just succeed academically, but to be financially secure and just overall um, like honorable, like like you had said, to bring honor to our families. So I guess for a lot of us, our parents didn't go to school here in the United States, so they don't even have necessarily that example on how to 
kind of guide us through this college experience. So I definitely think that adds to um, some of the stress. I think there's already all of that external stress plus the internal stress that we kind of bring upon ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, applying to college and it, it, it's already a process that's very inherently stressful, but um, being the child of immigrants who didn't go to school here, like you're saying, just made it even more stressful. I remember specifically having to apply for FAFSA and the CSS profile, yeah. and those were probably the most stressful few weeks of my life because I was looking through these long tax returns and trying to discern what all of these long numbers meant and what all of this like tax jargon meant, and it was just so difficult. But since my parents hadn't done it before, they weren't able to guide me through that process. and make it easier for me to fill out those forms. And so it ended up taking me um, a much longer time than I expected. Uh, and I, at that point, I just didn't really know who else to like turn to for help. And so I kind of just ended up taking all of that stress and all of that onto myself. And it was, you know, d- during a time when I was already trying to like write essays and write supplements, it was just really a lot to handle. Um, fortunately, I got through it, but I, I definitely think that a lot of uh, children of immigrants have very similar experiences when it comes to FAFSA, mm-hmm. CSS profile, and just applying to college in general. I definitely was able to get through the, like you said, the financial aid process and FAFSA and the CSS profile just by having like older siblings who had gone through that process before, but I can't you know, I can't imagine what that must have felt like to have gone through it on your own. And then because of all that pressure, not feeling comfortable, either not knowing where to look for for help or not knowing or feeling comfortable to go to like an academic advisor, like a guidance counselor for advice on things like that. I, I definitely think that like like you're saying, being the oldest and being the first to go through the process made it really hard for me to personally navigate the process. But as with many other things in my life, I've, I was the first one to go through them. And so me going through them first made it a lot easier for my younger brothers to go through them because they can ask me questions. Um, I, I definitely do help them willingly, but sometimes it's kind of frustrating knowing that I didn't have that person to answer any questions I had about the topic. Yeah, I definitely see that. I like that you mentioned your brothers and being able to help them. So I also, I know we kind of talked about our parents a little bit, but I definitely think that's a big factor um, when it comes to some of this stress. So would you say, do you find yourself feeling pressure from your parents to succeed academically, or does this pressure come more so from yourself or both? That's a really good question. I think that a lot of the pressure that I experience is primarily internal and comes from myself, uh, which is very different, I think, from a lot of other um, children of immigrants. Uh, One story that I distinctly remember is being in third grade in elementary school and getting a grade back for a math exam. And the grade on that test was an 89%. 
at the at that time I was so disheartened and I cried about getting an 89%. Yep, an 89%. Um and I was just really I I I just didn't know what to do. Um and it it's kind of funny looking back because now if I were to get an 89% on a test, I would be rejoicing because <laughs> to me at this point an 89% is equivalent to 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I get an 89% on a test, I really made it. But um that day my my mom picked me up from school and as soon as I got into the car I just let all of my emotions out about that 89%. I I started crying to her but she assured me that like an 89% is a more than satisfactory grade and it's something that I should be happy about uh getting. But at that point I didn't still really understand that. But um that was the first instance that I remember um of like me putting so much pressure on myself but also realizing that my parents were going to support me no matter what initially i think that my desire to perform uh, well academically was just to fit in but eventually i i feel like i kind of like took on that identity like it it kind of like became one of my most like identifying factors if that makes any sense because eventually people just started like looking at me as like the smart girl mm-hmm. and so i happily i guess <laughs> took on that label and that continued until high school and it hasn't been until recently that i've started to realize that there is a lot more to life than performing well academically mm-hmm. and so this past semester especially i've tried to kind of take off um that pressure from myself from myself and i i would say that like you know having friends who are also trying to kind of like go on the same journey and encouraging in not putting one's worth in academic in academic excellence has really helped me kind of continue along that journey yeah yeah no i definitely agree like i don't know who needs to hear this well i need to hear this but you are not your grades <laughs> yeah <laughs> you are not your grades you're a human being and you're more than that and i definitely feel like i've had somewhat of a similar experience just in terms of like um that pressure and where it came from whether it was parents or yourself i think for me there like you brought up that 89% i definitely would have felt the same way coming home in like i don't even know what grade k through 12 i guess coming home with anything less than an a and i wasn't met exactly with the same sort of like acceptance and um I guess just um just I wasn't met exactly with that same sort of unwavering acceptance because there was always you know 89 why not an A or even if it was an A like a 92 why not a 100 you know there was always that kind of um pressure and always kind of thinking about like oh I could be doing more and that I should be doing more and I definitely feel like that has affected how I've operated in college and just it's kind of i don't know it's kind of it's kind of weird to think about how just things like that um really trickle down and kind of affect you for the rest of your life mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely trying to unlearn um a lot of those things the hyphenated experience podcast will be right back after the POC brand highlight of the day 
Cashmere Nicole was inspired to create Beauty Bakery after finding a newfound appreciation for life's little moments after battling breast cancer. Beauty Bakery has a mission to create cruelty-free, smudge-free, and all-inclusive beauty products. With their bakery and dessert-themed packaging, you're bound to find a product as sweet as they look. You can shop Beauty Bakery online at beautybakery.com or at retailers like Ulta Beauty. You also brought up something that caught <laughs> something that caught my attention. You said you were given that tag of being um, like the smart one or whatever, and that is something I can definitely relate to. I like always had that kind of tag of being the smart one, whether it was within like social circles, like friend groups, or even within my own family, which I know sounds like oh, how is that a problem? Like, that's not a bad thing, but it is. To give someone that label and put them in that box and kind of, like, always, you know, feel like they have to continuously hold, uphold that um, title. And I also think that, like, when you give that sort of label to a child, um, like, in childhood, you're kind of, like, trying to figure out who you are and finding your identities, whatever they may be. And so when somebody puts an identity like that on you, you kind of just like latch onto it because finding out, figuring out who you are is a very difficult process. And so when somebody just tells you who you are, you're just going to like take it because you won't have to put any effort into actually figuring out who you are. And um, keeping that identity uh, throughout like teenagehood and adulthood, um, it just makes it really hard to kind of like shed that skin and figure out who you actually are. And so I, I think that that just really shows that um, putting labels on children at a young age is just really detrimental um, in, the wrong, in the long run. Yeah, even if those labels are just, um, or I guess even if those labels are just deemed as like socially acceptable or like positive traits, like mm-hmm. being the smart one, being the nice one, being the funny one, it kind of makes you feel like you have a job or like a role to uphold instead of just feeling like your only job is to be a kid, which is what it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I also think that like the lasting effects of that are really terrible because they were, there will come a point when you're not the smartest one in the room. Yep. And <laughs> if you have um, your whole life identified yourself and thought of yourself as the smart one, and there comes that point when you aren't the smartest one in the room, then uh, you, you start having a, an, an identity an crisis. An identity crisis. Yep. Yep. And I can definitely say that I, that happened to me when I got to college because I quickly realized that I, in fact, was not the smartest one in the room. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that like figuring out who you are, it's it. It's a process that you have to begin very quickly, um, especially if you've been regarded your entire life as 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 the as a smart one in the room yeah and when we're thrown into this college environment where there's so many different people and so many different types of people and so many different kinds of intelligence as well that was just another thing that i think i had realized coming into college but we're thrown into these spaces where we're not you know we're not the smartest in the room or whatever it may be and it does lead to and like like an identity crisis I don't know, and I think part of it is, I don't know if you've heard anyone use the term like gifted kid burnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, I mm-hmm. have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I didn't realize getting that another label, another tag of being um, 
like gifted and talented and it carries on throughout the rest of um, your middle school and your high school education and then you get to college (laughs) you get to college where you're thrown into all these different classes with the people who some are older than you some are you know your same age some are younger than you and you're then still feeling that same kind of comparison and kind of feeling like you have to compete to be the smartest kid in the room. Being told that you're the smartest kid in the room or one of the smartest kids in the room from such an early uh, age. I know that me personally, like the magnet school that I went to, uh, whether or not you were putting them in the magnet school was dependent upon your performance on a single exam. The effect that one standardized test can have on like, like you said, the trajectory of the rest of your life just because of the school you may go to, the the resources available at that school, the, I guess, the importance that the school places on like education and the access to extracurriculars, just things that will help you for the rest of your life. I started thinking about the idea for this episode just by thinking of how there is like so much unspoken kind of competition just amongst pre-meds and even if you try not to it's always going to be there I don't know it's it's rough and that definitely adds to like the pressure and the stress mm-hmm. yeah I definitely think yeah uh, like you're saying pre-med culture is incredibly toxic and everybody seems to be kind of in it for themselves because everybody looks at each other as competition which at the end of the day is true i mean it's kind of sad but at the end of the day you're going to be applying and being and competing for spots um in med school against the same people that you sit in genetics class with the same people that you sit in organic uh chemistry courses with Something Millicent and I didn't have the time to talk about was the impact that all of this can have on the mental health of students of color. So I wanted to include some more information on this after I read an article titled, Students of Color Are Not Okay, and Here's How Colleges Can Support Them. This article details some of the mental health challenges that students of color have been facing as a result of the pandemic, racial injustices, and the political climate of last year. The article also discusses how the pre-existing mental health concerns for students will be worsened for Black and Hispanic students whose communities have been disproportionately affected by the pandemic and police brutality. It also discusses mental health concerns for Asian American students who are dealing with xenophobic slurs and jokes due to the pandemic. College campuses are also in need of increased access to mental health resources for students of color and culturally competent counselors who students of color feel comfortable reaching out to. This is such a huge issue and definitely needs to be considered when discussing academic pressure and stress. I think that already, like, when you want to be a doctor, there's already so much pressure um, inherently just not even considering your identity as the child of an immigrant because it is such a, a competitive field. And I think that when our parents are telling all of their friends and all of the aunties and the <laughs> uncles <laughs> that we want to be physicians, that just places even more pressure on us to actually get uh, to the point where we apply to med school. Uh, we do well on the MCAT and we end up getting in. And so not only do we have the pressure and kind of like 
the unknown of uh, of like whether or not we're gonna get into med school. Um, but we also have like so many eyes and ears like listening in and looking in. And although um, the opinions of those people at the end of the day don't really matter, I think that as immigrant children, we've really been taught to uh, highly value, uh, especially um, being the children of African immigrants. I think that we're definitely taught to highly value the opinions uh, and perspectives of our, our elders or just like anybody older than us. Mm-hmm. And so if we were to end up not going to med school and becoming physicians, like our parents have told all of their friends and all of their all of our relatives that we're going yeah. to do, um, I think that the their perspective of me or the way in which they view me would be something that I would definitely care about a lot. And I know it comes from a good place. I know mm-hmm. they want to see us succeed and pursue the education and all the opportunities that they might not have gotten to, but there comes, there's a thin line, I think, between like the support and the just pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really important for parents to realize that um, we're not just kind of like vessels for them to live out the life that they didn't get to live. And that's a really hard realization for parents to come to, because at the end of the day, you do want your child to be successful. But I think especially for African parents, there's a very kind of like narrow definition of what success success. is. Yeah, but success can be so many different things for so many different people. Like, But I, I think a lot of African parents aren't able to see that. And they think that their children should hold those same definitions of success that they do. Um, and that just like really makes it hard. That narrow definition of success has definitely affected me by giving me a goal-oriented um, kind of mindset where I'm focused on, um, you know, accomplishments and achievements. Um, rather than just being focused on being happy and content and building your character and like learning to grow as a person rather Mm than uh, just got this grade or I just did this for this class, you know. Yeah, I also think of of I've come to start to value the destination more than the journey, and that's a really terrible thing to be doing, because uh, when you when you're always like doing things just in efforts to get to one goal or to one place in your life, you're going to end up missing out on life because life is just quite literally going to pass you by. And so it, I think that's something that I'm going to start working on is kind of you know taking things day by day and taking things and taking time to take breaks and experience life for what it is. But I guess to wrap up, I just kind of want to ask, like, how do you cope with all of this? Because I think that's an important component to all of this. Yeah, um, that's still something that I'm honestly kind of trying to figure out for myself. Uh, But a very good question. I, I think that finding a way to cope is really necessary to get through everything that's going on. I I think that this semester has really taught me a lot in terms of how to cope with what I'm feeling and what I've been feeling for a really long time. I think that I know that for me personally, um, surrounding myself with people who don't necessarily feel the same way, but kind of have the same end goal as me has really helped. Um, so, like, for example, uh, I, I'm currently living with people who 
yes, prioritize school, but they also do prioritize fun. And that's something that I've really struggled with my entire life. And so surrounding myself with people who are prioritizing two things that I want to eventually be able to prioritize and balance um, relatively equally has really helped me kind of work towards uh, getting to that um, end goal of being able to have fun while also maintaining my grades. Um, and I, I think that that kind of also ties back to the fact that the people that you surround yourself with really do heavily influence the kind of person that you become and also the way that you move through the world. And so I, I would just really encourage everyone to make sure that you find your people and in finding your people, make sure that those people are going to be positive uh, influences on your life. Thank you all so much for joining me and special thanks to Millicent for having this conversation with me today. In this episode, we talked about the sources of pressure that students who come from immigrant families face and connected our upbringings to our academic experiences. To the students listening, how do you cope with the academic stress or pressure that you may face? I'm also looking forward to continuing this conversation and many more in the next episode. As always, take care.